The sermon preached at St. John's Evangelical Lutheran Church of Hancock, Minnesota, a member of the Wells, on June 8, 2014, based on Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 21. Grace and peace to you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The word from God through which the Holy Spirit strengthens our faith in Jesus Christ is the second lesson today, Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 21. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now, There were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment, because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, Aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Parthians, Medes, and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, What does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, They have had too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews, and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, no. This is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This is the word of our Lord. Dear friends in Christ, fellow saints washed clean in the blood of our risen Savior. When the day of Pentecost came, the text begins. But wait, isn't Pentecost a Christian festival? Why were the people in Jerusalem at this time celebrating it? They they weren't Christian yet. They were still following the Jewish religion. Why were they celebrating Pentecost? Well, before this particular day of Pentecost, Pentecost had been a... uh, Jewish festival ever since 
Mount Sinai when God gave Israel the law. At that time, he told them that seven weeks after the Passover Sabbath, they were to celebrate the Feast of Weeks. On the day after the seventh Sabbath, so it would be 50 days after Passover, they were to bring a, a, an offering of grain to the Lord. And since Pentecost means 50th, this Feast of Weeks also became known as Pentecost. And it also had another name from the very beginning, and that was the Feast of Harvest because they brought in the first of the wheat harvest as that offering. Now realize their agricultural year is very different than ours. The cool, wetter, winter months were much better for growing the grain than the hot, arid summer. And so although we have our harvest festival in late fall, they had theirs in late spring. And this also gives us a moment to pause and ponder how the Old Testament festivals God gave Israel foreshadowed his saving work. You know know the Passover well in this regard. Jesus was celebrating the Passover, the last Passover, on the night he was betrayed. And just as the blood of the Passover lamb in Egypt saved the people from physical death, so also the blood of Jesus Christ, our Passover lamb, causes eternal death to pass over us who believe. Now, just as Good Friday and Easter fulfilled the Passover, so also we as Christians have a whole new Pentecost as well. It no longer marks the beginning of the harvest, but it marks a much greater harvest, a harvest of souls. Only the Holy Spirit can bring in this harvest, and that leads us to the theme here today. Holy Spirit begins the harvest. That's what we see happening on this Pentecost day in Acts chapter 2. The Holy Spirit begins the harvest. And, and three points we want to note here as we take a look at the text. First, all the world is his field. Second, the word is his seed. And thirdly, it is the Holy Spirit who makes it grow. Yes, the Holy Spirit begins the harvest back there in Jerusalem on that day of Pentecost. And even though it begins there in Jerusalem, all the world is is the field, and and we'll see that here. But first of all, let's, let's take a look a little bit more at the Old Testament. God has always, from the very beginning, throughout all of history, he has always wanted all people to be saved. And yet, as we look at the Old Testament, we see that from the time of Abraham until the time of the apostles, God limited the message to one particular people, to the nation of Israel. Now, that doesn't mean he didn't want other people to be saved. Even in the Old Testament, we have examples of of others hearing God's message, others from outside of Israel, Maybe uh, two that come to mind is the widow of Zarephath in the days of Elijah and uh, uh, Naaman the leper from Aram 
in the days of Elisha, wherever the message was preached, the Holy Spirit was powerfully at work in hearts, even in the Old Testament. And yet most of that preaching was confined to that one small people, Israel. And even within Israel, it was usually only the prophets and the priests who proclaimed the Lord's message, and they weren't always faithful. Or think of Jesus. Even during his earthly ministry, he only sent out his disciples to preach to the lost sheep of Israel. It wasn't until after his resurrection that he sends them out into all the world to preach the good news to all creation and make disciples of all nations. Until then, the focus of the message was on Israel, one people. But no more. Notice how Pentecost makes it clear that this message, the good news of Jesus, the gospel, is to go out to all people, no matter what language they speak. And what a way for the Holy Spirit to bring that home through this miracle of giving the disciples that ability to speak in the different languages that the people there had grown up with, even though they came from all different nations. The disciples spoke in the languages they could they, 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 they had known they could, that these other people had known from little on up. Languages they had never learned. What a miracle to show that the gospel of Jesus is for all people. That all the world is his field. And in case people didn't catch on to the miracle itself, Peter makes it clear that this was God's plan all along for the gospel to go to all people. He makes that clear by quoting the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Yes, all people. Not just one nation, not just one language, not just one people, not just Israel, but all people. And not just all nations, but people of all stations in life, all different classes, all different, uh, all different economic situations, all people. And unlike in the Old Testament where the prophets often had to wait for a special revelation from God in order to know what to say, all believers young and old, male and female, all servants of the Lord already have the words that God wants us to speak. We already have the message God wants us to proclaim. And that's really what a work of a prophet is. To prophesy means to speak a message from God. And we don't have to sit around waiting for God to tell us what message to speak. He has already given it to us. That's what the Bible is. And unlike the Old Testament where he was still continuing to reveal, we have the full revelation. We have the full message because we have the full scriptures, the Old and the New Testament. We have the message that God wants us to share with all people because all the world is his field. And the word is the spirit's seed. Which brings us to the second part here. The word is the Spirit's 
seed. And this too is made clear as we look at the events of that Pentecost day. When the disciples spoke in those different languages, it wasn't some sort of un, un, uh, words that people could not understand. It wasn't in some sort of ecstatic speech that just sounded strange. It was in real words of living languages. And the people that heard them exclaimed, We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongue. The word is the seed, the Holy Spirit's seed. And what were these wonders of God? What is this saving work? This word that brings the Spirit? Well, when we take a closer look at Peter's sermon, he holds the saving word, the saving works of God front and center. But to do that, we need to realize that the text today only has the very first part of Peter's sermon. And it's, it's the last verse of the text that really is leading right into the meat and potatoes of the sermon, into the main point. Peter concludes the sermon saying, and everyone who, or not, he concludes, the text concludes, the sermon is just starting, but the text concludes, and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And then Peter goes on and tells who this Lord is. Who is the saving Lord? He's none other than Jesus of Nazareth, whom they crucified, but whom God raised from the dead and exalted above all. This is what the Old Testament had foretold. This was God's saving plan. Now, could these people who had crucified Christ, could they be forgiven? Well, Peter concludes the sermon by saying, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Yes, that powerful word was planted in their hearts. 3,000 believed that day. The harvest had begun. And it was all the Holy Spirit's work. And that brings us to the third point. It's the Holy Spirit who makes this seed grow. It's the Holy Spirit who works through the word to bring people to believe. You might say Peter was the farmer. He planted the seed. But he couldn't make it grow. That was the Spirit's work. Spirit made that seed grow. Now, when we look at the events of the day of Pentecost, we see how the Lord arranged it to make it clear that the Holy Spirit was actively at work. It began, what did that day begin with? The sound of a, a, a rushing, strong, mighty wind. And yet the air wasn't moving. It was just the sound. The Greek word for wind and spirit are the same. And so that sound of a wind was symbolizing that the Holy Spirit was now present in a special way. And then think of the, the, the tongues that looked like flames of fire as well. As they came to rest on the disciples' heads. May that have brought to mind the words of John the Baptist. 
Speaking of the Savior, he said, He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. See the connection? And that fire also represents the work the Holy Spirit does, that work of sanctifying and purifying our hearts. And then as well, think about Peter's sermon see how the Holy Spirit was powerfully at work, both in the words that he spoke and in the effects it had in the people's hearts. Now, in one sense, we could say, well, you know, Peter's sermon really isn't anything new. When we look at what Peter said, it's all, there's no new or special revelation in that sermon. Everything Peter spoke about It was either in the Old Testament or it was things that Jesus had told them. And Peter knew his Old Testament well. He had learned it well. He had listened carefully to Jesus. And so you could say there is nothing new in Peter's sermon. No new revelation from God. And yet the Holy Spirit is powerfully at work. He is powerfully at work in Peter giving him the insight and wisdom to put what he had learned together and to see the connections. He was powerfully at work in Peter, giving him the courage and the boldness to speak this message. Remember, this is the same Peter who had denied Jesus three times. And it was certainly the Holy Spirit who pierced people's hearts and brought them to faith through these words that he gave Peter to speak. It wasn't Peter's eloquence, but the Spirit's power. Yes, the Spirit makes the seed grow. The harvest had begun. Now, finally, how does this all apply to us nearly 2,000 years later? Well, first of all, how we fall short. How we fall short. All the world is God's field. And yet how much of our resources do we devote to spreading that word? Seven billion people or so live in the world today. It's the largest mission field ever. And how much of our resources of time and money and, and, and talent are we devoting to spreading that word? And even when the Lord brings the world to our doorstep, Do we see it as a mission field or are we more apt to make a comment like, well, if they don't even speak English, why do they come to our country? How we fall short. How we fall short. Keep on hearing the word. The word that like a seed has been planted in your heart. For what does the Spirit's word say to sinners like you and me? The Spirit says through his word and sacraments, he says to you, Jesus died for sinners. He died for you. Yes, your sin. Your sin is so serious that nothing less than the death of God's Son could pay for it. But how great the love of our Lord is. Take heart. The Father did not spare his Son, but gave him up for you. And he raised him from the dead because you are forgiven. 
Yes, dear Christians, believe this good news. Keep on believing it. Gladly hear and learn this word that brings you that glad tidings of good news of your Savior, Jesus Christ. Keep on planting it in your heart. This good news that comes to you not only through through the, 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 the preached word, but also through the sacraments. Think of the promises. Ponder the promises made to you at baptism so that they keep on growing in your heart. Your sins are washed away. And in baptism, you were given the Holy Spirit who lives in you who believe. Yes, trust that the Holy Spirit is making that seed grow in you as you gladly hear and learn his word and use his sacraments. For the word and sacraments are the Spirit's tool. That's how he does his work in us. To neglect the word and sacraments is to neglect the Spirit. Through them, he purifies and and, and sanctifies us. Through them, he leads us, empowers us to say no to sin to show love, real love towards others. And these acts of love open up the opportunity to share the good news of Jesus, the good news that has been planted in your heart, is yours to share with others, is yours to plant in the hearts of others as you tell them of Jesus, your Savior, So keep on filling yourself with those words so you have the words to say and then keep on trusting the Holy Spirit to empower you in how to say it. And what's more, through the word and sacrament, the Holy Spirit keeps on changing us to be cheerful and generous supporters of Christ's work here on this earth. And so we join together with others in order to send out missionaries to proclaim this good news, to plant the seed in the hearts of those whom we will never meet personally in this life. We support the work of of putting the good news in writing in many different languages. Yes, similar to what we see there at Pentecost. What a blessing to be part of our church body, our synod. The Holy Spirit makes that seed grow in our hearts and in the hearts of others. Yes, dear friends, the harvest has begun. So even though you just see the the crop coming out of the ground in the field, remember the greater harvest. And as the summer progresses and the fall comes and the physical harvest is brought in, Remember, remember the greater harvest, the harvest of souls. Yes, the harvest has begun and it still continues today and will go on until the end of this world when the sun goes dark. Until then, the Holy Spirit is at work among us and through us, bringing in the harvest. Amen. Amen.